Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. Today is a deliverance Sunday and I want to tell you guys today there's going to be things that are going to come out of your life. There's going to be addictions. There's going to be bondages. There's going to be certain chains that the devil for many years has been binding you. Today will be the day of freedom. Amen. Today will be the day that the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. So I believe tonight, uh, today we're going to see that beginning to happen. I want to speak from the book of Esther. Uh, so if you can go with me, I'm going to be going through the whole book, but uh, my main passage will be Esther 4.14. If you're there, you can shout out me, amen. Amen. For if you remain complete, completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another, another place. But you and your family and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. For such a time as this. I want to preach from this passage here and I believe there's so much that you could get from the book of Esther. The book of Esther is one of the two books in the Bible that has named uh, after a woman and the only book in the Bible that does not mention God in it. But if you pay attention to the book of Esther very closely, you can see God all over that book. Amen. And it's such a testament to us that even if you can't trace God, you have to trust that he's there. Even though you don't see God in your situation, that you have to believe that God is in your situation. Amen. And so the story goes like this. I'm going to summarize it a little bit. Esther is this orphan girl and her parents are not there anymore and Mordecai acts like an uncle to her, a, a big cousin, a big brother to Esther and he begins to take her in under her wing, under his wing and raise Esther up and then what happens is Esther becomes, no, the King Xerxes is looking for a woman and she, he comes and gets Esther to be his queen and and she begins to go into a palace and she begins to live and marry to a king and all of a sudden there comes this man named Haman that King Xerxes puts into power and Haman he's a when, with a lot of people when they get put into power they begin to have power trips and they begin to uh, get prideful and they begin to uh, not act humble and he wants everyone to bow before him but all of a sudden this man named Mordecai which is Esther's uncle does not bow before Haman and Haman starts to get mad he starts to get angry and he begins to come and he makes a plot. He comes to King Xerxes and he makes a plot with King Xerxes. He says, hey, let's do, let's do this thing that everyone has to bow before you. Everyone has to do this. And, and long story short, King Xerxes is like, awesome, sounds great. Let's do it. And there becomes a plot and that if no one bows, if anyone doesn't bow before you, they get killed. And King, and King Xerxes is like, awesome, let's do it. And Haman has a plot in his mind that he knows Mordecai is not going 
to bow. And he wants Mordecai to die, to die. and not just Mordecai, all the people of, no, Mordecai's people, the Jews. And my first point I want to bring to you is recognize you have an enemy. Recognize that there is an enemy in your house. Because you want to see, if you, if you see this, Queen Esther was living in the palace. She was living in a palace and in the same palace that she lived in, there was a plot to kill all her people because her people were the Jews and Haman wanted to kill all the Jews. And there was a plot to kill all her people. Yet Queen Esther living in the palace did not know about it. And what happened is Mordecai overhears that Haman wants to kill not just Mordecai but there's a plot to kill all the Jews and Mordecai begins to realize hey there's an enemy in the palace. There's a, there's a plot to begin to kill my people and I want to tell you that there is a thief. The Bible in John 10 10 says the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. There's a thief among us. There is a there is a person that is among that is in the palace in Proverbs 6 30 Proverbs 6 31 it says and if he steals to, to satisfy himself yet when he is caught that means there is a thief among in your palace and I believe a thief if you, if you guys know anything about a thief, a thief is only as good as his ability to, ability to not get caught. And if you know something about the devil, the devil is cunning. The devil is sneaky. The devil is like a slithery snake. What he tries to do is he tries to get in and get out without you catching him. And the, there's a thief. The thief is only as good as his ability not to get caught because how good of a thief is he if he's downstairs and you're stealing something and you turn on the light that means he's not a good thief and so the devil's plan in your life is to be able to be in your palace to be to be able to plot a, a plan against your life and for you to not even know about it but I want to let you know that tonight we have come to expose the enemy we have come to turn on the light switch in your palace and say there's a thief there's a plot to the enemy there's a there's a something that is is in your palace to take from you the bible says he comes to kill steal and destroy uh not not very long ago there was a there was a we work at a we own a family business a shop and there was a person that came and and, and took something from our shop and I didn't really recognize it. I didn't really know about it until I was, it was at night and it was dark. All of a sudden, you know, when it gets to a certain time, the lights turn on. And all of a sudden, the lights turned on around our shop. And as I was walking, it caught my eye that something was missing in the corner of my shop. And so what happened as an investigator that I am, I go to the office, I, I go through the cameras and I start looking through the cameras and lo and behold, at the midnight hour, I see a thief at my shop. And so, but if I would never, the lights would never have turned on around my shop, I would never be able to recognize that something was gone. But I want to let you know that today the light of God is here not only to expose, but to expel the plans of the enemy. And the thief that came to
to steal, kill, and destroy will be here no more. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 6 that when he gets caught, and we are going to catch him today, that he has to pay back sevenfold to, back to you. And so what happened is I go through the camera roll and I start to go back on the footage of our shop and I begin to realize and I begin to recognize that something is missing in my shop and what some of us Christians have to do is when you are coming you I believe you guys are here because you guys have realized hey there's a thief in my house hey there's a thief in my pocket hey there's a thief in my joy that is there's something missing in my relationship hey there's a thief in my in my love in my relationships and you have caught the thief and I want to let you know when you catch the thief he's not a good thief because he tried to get in and out without seeing but today when we pray here we're gonna expose the enemy we're gonna begin to we're simply here not to glorify a preaching but to bring freedom for the lost come on church most of us we just we don't recognize what's missing in our life I believe church you will never fight for what you don't know is yours if you don't know your portion in Christ if you don't know your identity in Christ you will never recognize that it's missing you will never recognize that the thief stole something if I didn't know that item was mine I would never pay attention to it I would just be like okay it's gone most people you don't know that God promised you joy God promised you wealth health prosperity and you don't know that it's yours and the devil steals it and you're like well here's what it is I want to let you know church today it's not is what it is but we're gonna take back what the enemy the bible says we used to sing that when we would go to the enemy's camp and take back everything that he stole from us you have to know your portion in christ you have to know the the, the will of god for your life there's a story of of this man he lived with his parents amen living with parents um free food thank you jesus and so he was living with his parents and his father came of old age and he ended up passing away his parents ended up passing away and the father left this man a piece of paper and so he was like oh cool no it's sad my dad passed away he left me something to have and so he was like okay sounds good I'm gonna I'm gonna take this piece of paper you know it's the last thing my father gave to me I'm gonna take it I'm gonna put it on a frame on the wall and I'm going to put it there so I could see it every single day. And, and this man kept this piece of paper framed up on the wall of his house for years and years. Long story short, a friend of his comes to his house. And the friend says, hey, what is this paper that you have up on the wall framed up? It looks very nice and very clean up. You even cleaned it up a little bit. He says, oh, it's just a piece of paper that my father left me. And as the friend began to read the piece of paper, what he didn't realize that that piece of paper was a will that his father left him. That all the inheritance, all the money and possessions that his father had was passed on to him. Church, that's just like some of our believers we have a will of God we have the promise
promises of God for us. But what we do as believers is we take the will of God that says, I will prosper you, that you and your family will serve the Lord. And we frame it up on the wall instead of putting it on the walls of our heart and beginning to believe it for ourselves. But today, I want to be that friend that walks in and says, hey, the enemy stole something from you. You have to recognize that this is not your portion. You have to recognize that good health is your portion. That freedom is your portion. That deliverance is your portion. That that will, that can't be on your wall, but in your life. Come on, somebody. Recognize that you have an enemy. Expose. Turn on the light switch in your life. Expose because the enemy failed if the moment. It doesn't mean you're delivered. But if you expose the plan of the enemy, that means he loses his power. He loses his grip. And then what you do when you expose the enemy, you take out the shotgun. You take out, the Bible says, the weapons and the warfare. They're not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And you cock that gun and you tell the enemy, not today, and to leave my life and to leave my household. Expose the enemy. Come on, church. I believe... If, if it's not making your, you shout, I'm going to make your demon shout. The thief works best in the dark. Turn on the light of God. Turn on the light of God because you will not know. If you do not know who you are as a believer, you will never know what's missing in your life and some of us need to go roll back the tape of our life and begin to see, hey, this is not right. Something's been stolen here. Hey, this is not right. My, my, my relationships, something is being stolen in my relationships. There, there happens to be a, a thief in my pocket. There, there happens to be a hole in my pocket. And you begin to go and roll back the tape of your life and pinpoint everything that the enemy has stolen. Just like it says in Proverbs 6.31 that he has to. When he is caught, if you don't catch him, he won't pay it back. If you don't catch him, he will be a successful thief. But today we are going to make a devil an unsuccessful thief. We're going to begin to expose him and say, devil, not only I want you to repay me back, but I want you to repay me back sevenfold. I want you to give back everything that you have stolen from me. Come on, come on church. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy but Jesus I want to give you hope that Jesus comes is to give life and life more abundantly shine a light in the dark areas of your life as I'm preaching here today I want you to begin to remember and think in your brain and say Holy Spirit reveal to me what areas of my life is there a thief what areas of my life is it my marriage that that maybe divorce if there's a divorce I want to let you know there's a thief in your relationships if there is if your family if your kids are running away I want to let you know there's a thief you have to you can't be you can't be a negligent to what the enemy is doing in your life you have to begin to recognize because recognizing the enemy is the first step to deliverance knowing what's yours knowing that there is someone in there because if you don't recognize it he will get in he will take the bible says what you most depend on and leave 
and there you will be stripped you will wake up next morning you'll realize where did my family go why is my family some of you guys are here today because you recognize your family was robbed your your business was robbed your health was robbed away from you that what the bible promised you has been robbed and you're here today to say devil enough is enough you are getting kicked out i serve you an eviction notice you are no longer allowed in my house recognize your enemy point number two is run to God so we see Queen Esther when Mordecai comes Mordecai comes to to Queen Esther and he says all these things to her he says hey you have to do something there's a plot against my people against your people against the people that you were with and this is what happens in verse 16 Esther she says, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. We see what happens. The moment trouble comes, Queen Esther does not run anywhere else except to God. She makes a purpose, she purposed in her heart that I am not going anywhere else except to Jesus. Some of us here, we're in the hole that we're at because the moment life threw us a curveball, we went back to our past life. Just like Maria said that it's the past life looked more intriguing to her. The past things that she was going to seem more intriguing, but I want to let you know that the moment Christian life doesn't, doesn't uh, mean that you achieve fairness. Christian life means that you are... Uh, capable of having the favor of God so I want to let you know when you uh, run into issues run to God what happened is Queen Esther she began to fight the spiritual battle before she fought the physical one she went straight to God she got she gathered I want you to see this one thing is Queen Esther, she was married to the queen. So she was in a high political position. She, she, she didn't use her political status. She was, the Bible says that she was a beautiful woman. That's why the, the kings or seas chose her. She didn't choose her looks. She didn't choose her political status. She didn't choose her. She had connections. She didn't choose her connections. The one thing that she did for right away is went to God because she knows that everything natural has a spiritual reality behind it and something Christians today that the American church today is negligent about is that behind natural things is a spiritual world if you believe it or not a lot of Christians don't believe that the devil is real they don't believe the devil is real but I want us to break out of the, the, the no backbone the white the water washed down Christianity and to begin to put the armor of God in and say I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna defeat the enemy I know there's a devil but the devil knows that the Spirit of God that is in me is greater than the one that is against me she began to fight a spiritual battle before the physical one she gathered a whole nation she could have done anything else but she gathered a whole nation to begin to pray and fast 
And I want to, I want you guys to see this thing is what Haman didn't understand is Haman was there all happy. Like, okay, I got my plot. I got things going uh, here in a couple days. They're going to die. What Haman didn't realize that in the spiritual world, what Esther did is she bound Haman. Maybe in the natural world it wasn't like that, but in the spiritual world, she went into the spiritual world and began to cripple the abilities of Haman in the spiritual world because she realized if something has to happen naturally, it has to happen in the supernatural realm. You have to go into the spiritual world and you have to begin to fight the battle on your knees. I want to let you know that God wants to prepare you for battle. God wants you to go to him long before you go into battle because when you go into battle you cripple the, the grip of the enemy. The Bible says in the Bible says in Matthew 12 29 that you don't go into the into the strong man's house unless you first what? bind the strong man and so what Esther did is she went into the spiritual world bound the strong man and went into the camp with boldness and with favor of God and begin to take down the Haman begin to take down the spirit the, the things in the natural world you have to first fight the spiritual battle you have to first go into the spiritual world and begin to bind the strong man. Begin to bind the addiction in your life. Before you come to prayer line, you have to begin to bind. Do Before you come and have people lay hands on you, you first have to lay your face towards God. And the Christian church, the, the American church has to get off from being Facebook warriors to being prayer warriors. Coming back to praying to God. Coming back to having a relationship with God. Because when you have a relationship with God, when you pray, when you fast, when you give and you tie, you build an altar towards God. And I want to I let you know what happens when you build an altar to God. God brings his fire on the altar. And what happens when there's fire? Snakes begin to come out. Demons, unclean spirits, uh, uh, principalities and demons begin to come out. When you prepare your body, when you have, build your life to be an altar for God. Because where there's an altar, there's fire. Bind the strong man. When, a, when the eagle comes and... What, what an eagle does is he swoops down, he grabs the fish, and he doesn't fight the fish there in the water. What he does is he grabs the fish, he flies up into the air because in the air the fish has no authority. In the air the fish has no power. What we do as Christians is we swoop down and we go into the spiritual world and we take the enemy up into the air and we begin to fight him in prayer. We begin to fight him in the atmosphere, in the, in the place where God says I give you all authority and all uh, might to trample over snakes and scorpions. Come on church, we don't rely Esther didn't rely on her power. Esther didn't rely on, on what she could do. She relied on prayer. She relied on running towards God. When we pray, church, we create a spiritual battle. That's why we pray so much. That's why we, like she said, we scream so much. It's because the devil has been screaming too long in our lives. But today we have to get sick and tired and scream back at the devil and tell him you're done. 
When we pray, we're in a battle. We're in a supernatural battle. But what I want to encourage you with is we are on the winning side. Jesus fought for our freedom. So today that we can fight from freedom. We can fight from victory. He, we can, he fought 2,000 years ago on the cross and said, It is finished so that today I don't have to live in sin. I don't have to live in bondage. The Bible says he was cursed so that I could be blessed. Today we fight from victory. We are on the winning side, church. I want you to notice when Esther comes out of prayer, two things I want you to notice is Esther is one, she is bold. Two, she has the favor of God on her. The Bible says that when I come, she said, when I come, up, when I come out of uh, prayer, I'm going to go to the king's court. And if I perish, I perish. She had a boldness inside her. She had a faith inside her. It reminds me of these three Hebrew boys that says, I'm going to go into the fire and God will save me. But if he doesn't, it isn't what it is. I'm not going to bow before you. Church, you have to have, when you go into prayer, you come out like, no, we, we go to my uncle's house. We go into a sauna room. And when we come out of the sauna room, you come out and you're steaming. I want to let you know, when you go into prayer, you come out like a roaring lion you come out and the enemy knows not to mess with you you come out with a boldness with a faith that today is the day of freedom and she also she comes before the king her people are about to die and she says can I have a lunch with you You'd be like, okay, sounds good. I'd be like, no, normal people would be like, oh God, please save our people. I'm a Jew. I didn't tell you I'm sorry. Save my people. Save my people. Have mercy on us, please, God. Oh no, she doesn't do that. She comes out of prayer and she stands before the king's court. And I want to let you know, in those days, you don't come before the king's court unless you're invited because they can kill you right there on the spot. She has a boldness to step in front of the king's court not only that when she steps in front of it the king finds favor with her a boldness and favor and when she comes before she asks for one lunch she says hey can I cook some good kitchen, uh, chicken awesome sounds good she comes to that lunch instead of okay come on woman you gotta now you gotta ask <laughs> they're gonna die and again she says can I have another feast so two feasts when her people are about to die. But I begin to think that in prayer, God probably revealed something to her. In prayer, she came out with a knowing. Not with a feeling, with a knowing that God will come through. That God will deliver my people. Because you don't call when your people are dying and ask for a lunch. You say, God have mercy. But when you know the one that is beside you, when you know the one that goes before me, you know that it is greater than the one that is against me. Church, when you know the one that is for you, you pray different prayers. When you know the one that is in you, you worship a little bit different. You can die when you come on the, uh, the, the king's court. But when you come out of prayer, you can face death straight in the face and say, I'm not backing down. 
I'm not backing down. That's why a lot of people, a lot of Christians, believers, they're weak and watered down because they don't have a substance to draw boldness from. They don't have a relationship to pull out, hey devil, you have no authority. They can't do that because they don't spend time brewing in prayer. When you come, when I come out of the sauna, I come out steaming. I come out saying I'm ready for shower. But I come out ready for war if this is war. <laughs> come on, church. She has boldness. Then she has favor. When you pray, you pray bold prayers. And God will meet you with his favor. God will see you tonight. If you, get here, if you came here for deliverance, I want to ask you to come before the throne, of, throne room of grace with boldness. Because God will meet you. Life might not have been fair to you. Life might not have been fair to your situation, to your family. But I'm going to tell you one thing. It's for Christians. We don't believe for fairness. We believe for the favor of God. And I believe the favor of God will pour out like never before on your family on your on your children on your finances on your career come on church church if you believe it scream for Jesus if you believe it scream for Jesus a clean life doesn't mean freedom church a consumed life means freedom a consumed life because if we see the house that was swept clean and it was put into order. The demons came back with seven more and began to destroy the house. But so you living a good life, you living a clean life does not mean freedom, church. If you get delivered, it's still, there's freedom, yes, but how long do you keep your deliverance if you don't fill yourself, if you don't consume yourself with the word of God, with prayer? See, there was a picture uh, Ivan posted one time of these two lions. And one lion was in a cage. He got all his nutrients. He got all his food. He got all his water, toys, whatever. But the lion was not free. He lived a clean life. They groomed him. They did all this. But the lion was free. And there was another picture of a lion out in the wild. He didn't have everything. He didn't have the clean life. It was a little bit messy, but the lion was free. Church, the Bible doesn't promise a clean life, a, a non-messy life. The Bible promises freedom. The Bible says, go multiply and have dominion in the world. That you don't live and believe for fairness. You believe for, for maybe a messy life, but a free life. A life that you believe for freedom. Come on, church. Clean life doesn't mean freedom. Consume life means freedom. Four things to have a consumed life. Read God's word. The book, the Bible can either be a book on a stand or a weapon in your hand. Prayer. If you guys are here for prayer line, that's great. But I want to encourage you guys, after this, try a prayer life. Try a life of prayer. Stop being bringing your petitions before Facebook and bring your petitions before the throne room of grace. Say, God, bring me freedom. God, I don't want to live a life to, for the opinions of others. I live a life to please you. Fasting. We see in the book of Esther, she prayed and she fasted. 
and there she found freedom for her people and community surround yourself with people something I saw is Mordecai he couldn't get to the king he got as far as the uh, king's court but Mordecai knew of a person that can get to the king so if you seem like you pray and you can't budge you can't there's nothing go join a life group go begin to surround yourself with believers that are close to Jesus that are close to the king that are able to bring your petitions before God and say God I stand on behalf of my brother God I stand on behalf of my sister of my friends and my family join a community there needs to be a relationship church you have to live a consumed life you can't defeat a full-time devil with a part-time commitment to God. Church, you can't defeat. The Bible says that the demon roars like a lion without and he doesn't stop. I was listening to John Ramirez and he says that in the spiritual world they would actually project for hours on hours and hours and hours. But yet the American church cannot pray for 30 minutes. And the devil's working full-time to destroy your life and you're here working part-time <laughs> amen we take the one hour in sunday church and think that one hour of sunday church will make up for the 99 percent outside of church no 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 you have to live a consumed life so that when the demons come back around that the bible says that they could not find a place to stay that your house will not be a resting place for the devil that house will not be a resting place for demons your marriage will not be a resting place for divorce come on church that their demons will find no rest. That your demonic spirits will find no rest. Today, church, there's people here that your demons are real comfortable inside you. They're, they're real comfortable. Let's just be straight and honest because you don't build an altar before God. You don't fast. You don't give. You don't surround yourself with a community. And God's saying, sure. No, devil's saying, sure, come to church as long as you don't consume yourself with God. Have a relationship with Jesus. Point three, your response will determine your outcome come on somebody God is good for if you remain silent at this time relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from a different place but you and your family will perish and who knows but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this church deliverance is for everyone the bible says if you don't deliver it says to esther if you don't deliver them someone else will but people need deliverance some people say well i know i don't i don't need deliverance homeboy yes you do <laughs> do you see your life you can't manage to screw it up that much by yourself you needed help <laughs> you know what i mean God bless our souls. It says, if you remain silent at this time, 
relief and deliverance will come somewhere else but you and your family will perish I believe something will always perish if you don't take action either the plans of the enemy will perish or you and your family will perish either your life will perish or the devil will perish if you look in the the story of King David when the Bible when God was calling King David he anointed him for battle because the Bible says that I anointed I called the kings for battle when the when King David didn't go to battle he ended up not going to battle but losing a battle to this girl naked girl down the street that he looked at if you don't go to a battle you will slip into bondage you will always be at battle but it's either in the army of God or being defeated by the enemy you will always be because the Bible if God calls you for battle you have to fight it because when you don't go for the battle that God anointed you for you will end up being defeated by the small battles God never intended you to fight because King David was able to defeat a Goliath but was not, not able to defeat the battle of a naked girl. That's the truth. It's a big battle. But if God, it doesn't matter how big it is. If God anointed you for the battle, you will win it. But if you decide not to fight against the enemy and begin to be in your comfort zone. Because I believe the American church would rather you be in comfort than be in freedom. The American church would rather because the church... Because look, when the church, when demons torment people, the church is okay with it. But the moment that the believers start to torment demons, all of a sudden people start to get defensive. People start to say, hey, hold up. You guys are demon hunters. You guys are a demon church. Well, yeah, it, we are a demon church because the demons have been hunting us for so long. I'm cool with being a demon hunter church as long as demons are not defeating us why is the American church so comfortable in living in bondage but the moment that the thought of deliverance or freedom comes we get defenses because they don't understand there's a spiritual world out there Mordecai said you were made as you are made for such a time as this you were destined to do this but if you don't go to battle you will find yourself in bondage if you don't fight the fight that God called you to fight you will be in bondage and you will fight battles that you will never win because God is not on your side if your silence will keep you from your deliverance. The man with the legion of demons. When Jesus was passing by, this man was bound. He was mental. He had so many things wrong with him. But the moment that this Jesus, he heard that Jesus was nearby. Something that a legion of demons could not stop is for a man to begin to do two, two things. One, run to Jesus 
And number two, open up his mouth. Church, it doesn't matter what the demons took away from you. What God, what you have in control is greater than what the devil has in control. If you are demon possessed, what the devil can't take is your, your pursuit for Jesus and your worship towards him. And the Bible says that the weapons of the warfare are not carnal, but mighty in, the, in God for the pulling down of strongholds. That parts of your of your life that the devil doesn't have control of is greater than the parts God has control of. The man, it wasn't the spirit of God, it was a man's own will that pushed through the bondage, pushed through the, the, the chains and ran to Jesus. Don't tell me today that because of your situation you can't praise Jesus anymore don't tell me today that you're going through so much bondage that you can't lift up your hands anymore you got them raise them the Bible says everything that has breath praise the Lord if you have breath today I want to tell you the devil has lost if you're here today I'm going to tell you that the devil lost again he lost 2,000 years ago he's going to lose today if you raise up your voice the Bible says when I open up my mouth the chains start coming down hey guys I hope you enjoyed this week's message if you like what you've heard you can find more of this great content on YouTube Facebook Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.